from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studios in West Des Moines. This is uh, Thursday, October 8th. I'm Deacon Mike Mano. I'm here with Gina Noll. Gina, how are you this morning? Good morning, Deacon. I'm well. I'm well. Did you uh, happen to listen to the vice presidential debate last night? I have not seen the whole debate yet. So was it good? Did you yeah, watch I the whole thing? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought mm-hmm. it was more informative than the presidential debate. And um, How'd that pe- plexiglass thing work for you? Did well, it feel like there were zoo animals in a cage? Yes. <laughs> they should have put up chicken wire between them, too. Uh, no, it, it worked fine. It worked fine. Now, I understand that the, the um, Commission on Presidential Debates has now made a decision that the next one is going to be virt- uh, 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 online, virtual. virtual. Right. They won't uh, be in the same building. They won't be in the same room. And that took everybody by surprise because apparently they didn't run that by the campaigns. And so the president is a little irritated by that. And I, I kind of don't blame him because um, there's always been this um, suspicion that somebody's coaching Biden. And certainly if you want to have a debate, you don't want to be in separate rooms and not see what's going on. But well, we'll it certainly does feed those conspiracy theories, it doesn't certainly it? certainly does, especially in light of the last couple of town halls that they've had uh, where they were supposed to have um, – the uh, different networks that did it, I think uh, ABC and NBC did them, where they had uh, uh, people who have were supposed to be undecided, right? Answer, exactly. And and it turns out they weren't really people that were undecided. So uh, I don't know. They're I guess they're maybe playing some games. But I thought uh, the the debate went well last night. I thought it was uh, um, more civil, much more civil. Uh, I thought both candidates held their own. I think it's obvious that uh, uh, Pence is a very good debater, and he brought up all the points that he wanted to bring up, especially the point, uh, one that I've been harping about for a while, is this court-packing proposal. Uh, again, he directly asked Kamala Harris, are you going to do this? And she did everything she could to avoid answering that question. So, you know, that's their plan. They're going to try and pack the by court. Not answering, it's, by not it's answering, it's an answer. Uh, not answering. And, and they've asked Biden several times. They've asked her. It's been on both the debates, and uh, and they won't answer the question. So, you know, I haven't seen the whole debate, so I'm I'm curious of the whole Catholicism, religious uh, affiliation issues. Did they come up at all in the debate? Uh, yeah, just uh, a small amount. Now, I missed a couple of minutes uh, of good debate because I came back in when they were finishing something and it sounded like they had been into in, into some heavy territory um you the know, dog wanted in so oh, i had to yeah. go out and let the dog, the dog in. in he and then i and then he went out right away and then i got to go let him in again so. because in the life of this program we've covered quite a few stories out of california where uh, miss harris was 
part of the issue we were discussing. So Well, she is, and uh, as a matter of fact, I was writing my column for The Wanderer about that. Uh, what she has been up to, the stuff with David DeLayden. Right, exactly. How she went after, as Attorney General, went after David DeLayden for his interviews that exposed the Planned Parenthood baby parts sale mm-hmm. scheme. And uh, it was the first time in, the, in California history that that law on, you know, protecting people from... Um, as journalists. A, a, a journalist was used against a journalist. Right. Uh, there is a law in California that says you can't tape somebody's uh, uh, private conversation and then play it publicly, and that's what they're getting them on. But there's a provision in the law that you can do it if you are exposing illegal activity. Right. And the sale of baby parts is an illegal activity. So, and uh, that's the irony in the whole David Delighton that she uh, prosecuted him and never went after the clinics that were illegally selling. That's right. Uh, that's right. And then, human. and then, of course, she and Maisie Hirono, a senator from Hawaii, who I still contend is the stupidest U.S. senator today, <laughs> uh, went after a uh, a candidate for a judicial post in Nebraska uh, for his uh, um, uh, membership in the Knights of Columbus. Right. And they kept asking him, did you know all this about the Knights of Columbus? You know, that they opposed abortion or whatever. Uh, when you joined, well, he joined when he was 18, you know, and that was like in the 1992 or something like that, long before a lot of this stuff had ever come up. And long before it was, um, I suppose, cool to go after Catholics publicly like that. But, yeah, she's uh, she has got um, a very checkered record on these things. And uh, and th- now the fact that she's down to taking Biden's uh, cue and not answering the question about court packing just kind of tells me what what they're up to doing. And that's my uh, this upcoming week, I think it is, is the um, uh, my column on court packing uh, in the Wanderer. So well, look for that. Explains it yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So it was an interesting debate. Uh, I, I really think Pence got the better of it. I think he was he was better prepared. And uh, and I think he had the facts with him, uh, whereas Camilla just kind of aspirational things she talked about, whereas Pence was nitty-gritty on a lot of the facts and things. So I think he did well. Well, good. I look forward to finishing watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I want to uh, remind people that this uh, Saturday at noon, we have this National Rosary Rally. Uh, you know, we're at a crossroads right now, and we're asking uh, our Lord uh, through his mother to um, protect us and to show us the way and to see that things, um, I don't know, calm down. Is that a, a way to put it? I mean, we've got the uh, virus going on. We've got riots in the cities, um, buildings burning down. We've got a lot of hatred political out there. Political animosity. Political animosity. And uh, we need to we need to tamp that down. So we have these rosary rallies. There are or there were last year over twenty one thousand of these across the country, and we have them here ten o'clock this uh, Saturday. Public rosary, and I know of three parishes that are hosting them: uh, Saint Francis, Saint Anthony's, and of course Saint Augustine's. And if anyone knows of another parish that is hosting one in the area, if you would text us, and our text number is five one five 
323-1150 and tell us where it is. We'll be happy to try and mention that before we go off the air, too. Do you know, are they all at noon? They're all at noon. This Saturday. They're all at noon, and, and across the country, they're all at whatever the local time is at noon and uh, in an effort to, you know, plead our case to the Blessed Mother to, you know, down help us that's right <laughs> you know we're taking out our weapons right well, that's right and that's that's our atomic bomb is is that rosary that's rosary we need yeah um and i would encourage any of our listeners that don't feel comfortable coming out to join us at noon in prayer mm-hmm. in the rosary yeah yeah and if you can't get out or something uh yeah uh, at noon turn off your tv pull out the beads go through them and uh you know and join us and join us and join us yeah well speaking of prayer you Shall have I a prayer for us. Yes, let's open morning. with a prayer. and then right. We have a few topics to discuss. We do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope, and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to take a little break here, and uh, then when we come back, we're going to give you the Megan Kreft story and a few other news items. Uh, so we'll be back in about, what, three minutes is what we're going for. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Um, I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you about before we uh, give you the... Uh, um, Megan Kreft's story. Uh, yesterday, I guess it was yesterday, the uh, appeals court in Minnesota ruled that boys claiming to be girls uh, are entitled to use the girls' locker room. Or is it girls trying to be boys? Whatever it is. <laughs> they've, they've ruled that... They can use the locker room you can opposite the, of their biological if, sex. If, if they claim that that's how they identify. Exactly. Right. And uh, and it's kind of interesting. Um, what had happened in in the in the case is that apparently this uh, young boy or girl, I guess it was a a, a faux girl. Okay? okay, it was started out anyway. It was uh, they they apparently uh, remodeled the boy's locker room for her so she had a private entrance, and apparently she refused to use that. She wanted to go in the Regular way with everybody else. With the other girls. And so her parents brought suit, and uh, that's what the uh, Court of Appeals in Minnesota uh, ruled yesterday. And it was interesting. Uh, it was, I think, a two-to-one ruling. The two justices that ruled in favor of the girl were both appointed by Democratic governors. The one that was appointed by a Republican governor went the other way. So Broke uh, down party lines, I guess. Broke down party lines, that's right. Everything else these days. And uh, in Virginia, I guess uh, there's a school board there that wants to enforce uh, wokeness on everything that an employee or somebody connected with the school district says. And so they have... um, uh, according to the policy that they're trying to adopt, any comments that are not in alignment with the school division's commitment to action-oriented equity practices. Now, they're a big proponent of this um, col- uh, this uh, uh, race theory, cultural race theory, oh. and uh, and they've uh, they've had speakers in to talk to them about that. So they're uh, critical race theory, I guess it is, and so they're big into this. Uh, idea and so apparently now if you are involved with that school district in any way uh, you are limited to what you can say about any of this it doesn't matter where you are you can be at home on the telephone to your aunt and you're still subject to discipline I saw that any communication on campus or off Mm -hmm. that does not uh, or that is perceived to undermine the views positions goals policies or public statements of the superintendent Mm -hmm. Or the school board. It, it will not be tolerated. Mm-hmm. I find that very draconian. That's, uh, I. Well, and when. Where is freedom of speech in any of this? Well, of course, when they pack the Supreme Court, we're going to lose it anyway. You know, that's, that's what's going to happen. 
That's what's going to happen. All right. Then um, a New Jersey federal district court refused to issue a preliminary injunction, which is challenging the COVID-19 orders of the governor of New Jersey that limits the number of people that can attend worship services, both indoors and outdoors. Uh, the court found there was a rational basis for the restriction, and uh, the plaintiff uh, was a priest and a rabbi who ordered that the uh, orders violate the Establishment Clause, and they lost. Now, whether that goes any further than that, I don't know, but that uh, uh, that just came down. Uh, and that was last week in New yeah. Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's, I just, I'm amazed at the but, you know, discrimination the, against the churches yeah, throughout but the you COVID know, uh, pandemic. Uh, uh, abortion clinics and hardware stores and all these things can be open, but not churches. Not churches. And, and protesters in the streets. Protesters in, in the streets. Large yeah. groups. Because uh, uh, they're all peaceful, remember? Well, I, all. But the group size, that's the, <laughs> the thing that's size, surprising yeah. me. Yeah. And whether they wear masks or not, you know. And I think when they're shouting things, it's tough to shout through masks. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, this little ditty that came in. Uh, the leader of the Communist Party USA has endorsed, guess who, for president? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Biden. Yeah, I wondered. I, uh, they, they, they claim... Um, they want to deliver a decisive defeat to Trump and his whole fascist regime. Okay. Well, so, seriously, that was the quote? Yeah. That's because that that's very interesting. Because that's the platform. Defeat Trump. That's the whole Democrat mantra, from what I can tell. It's, mm-hmm. you know, not what they can do to lift up our country and unify us and deliver services and be leaders it's just simply no, I, to defeat and no Trump. They're, they're very vague about that and you, and you heard that as when you finish listening to the debate you'll hear that what they're talking about doing is very vague we're going to do this we're going to a lot of the things they're talking about doing have already been done uh but it's it's basically an anti-trump campaign and i understand a lot of people are uncomfortable with trump you know because he's uh He's from what, Queens? You know, he's boisterous. He can be kind of a bully. Uh, people don't like his temperament. Uh, but if you ask, I think uh, people will talk about policies. What policies do you like or dislike? Uh, and, and go from there, because that's, that's what we're really voting on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed that they're already announcing some appointments to the Biden administration. Um, Bernie Sanders says he's going to be... Um, chief of the Department of Health, and um, perhaps the Communist Party leader was endorsing so that he also could have he might some be Secretary kind of, of a Labor. position. Yeah, that would <laughs> that fit him. And, and uh, uh, Mr. O'Rourke, the former congressman from uh, Texas, is going to be the, I guess, the, the gun czar um, to take so guns To take our guns what, away. Whatever it is. Yes. And I suppose somebody from Planned Parenthood will... Uh, uh, find their way onto the cabinet there, too. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And along with the four new judges of the Supreme Court when they pack it. So I saw that the, of course, we talked about this last week, the Supreme Court's back in session this week. Yes, they are. Um, and they've taken up a few cases, uh, but they rejected the case of Kim Davis, the Kentucky uh, clerk who refused to issue marriage license for same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas and Alito agreed with the court's decision. So what do you think? Uh, I didn't read the uh, reason for the denial of cert. 
but a lot of times it has to do with something that is extraneous to what we think the issue is. Uh, there's a legal reason. So there, not on the merits of the case. Not necessarily on the merits. Maybe the it way could it be a was procedural applied. case or mm-hmm. something like that. So I've not read that and um, um, probably not going to. I've got an. Uh, <laughs> My eyes are bad enough these days uh, without reading stuff I don't need to read right now. Got it. Um, also My eyes are being checked, by the way, on Monday. So mm-hmm. one of these uh, one of these days I'll have new glasses and I'll be able to see a lot better than I can now. Well, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Uh, well, then let me read. Well, you you're just a blur to me right <laughs> now. <so. laughs> no, let me warn everyone out there on the roads. <laughs> Anyway, well, I, uh, I have my seeing eye dog with me. He <laughs> kind of barks left or right. You know, I think we could get you one yeah, of those. Yeah. Um, I saw that there's a case that wasn't on the docket this term that there, the court is being asked to um, take care of by the Trump administration. Um, several states have issued a stay um, in federal district court ruling this summer that suspended the in-person requirement uh, for women who want to receive the abortion-inducing drug mifepristone, which I think we've talked about here. And so the Trump administration is asking for a stop to this telemedicine distribution of those medications. Yeah, some of those are very dangerous. Uh, And if they're not given correctly, um, just like any other medication, it can do very serious harm to a person. And uh, it seems like one side wants to make uh, access to abortion pills and, and whatever as easy as possible. And uh, as we know, they're dangerous. They contain dangerous drugs, and uh, they have to be handled correctly. And we've seen, and we've talked about this before, many instances of somebody who has kind of poisoned themselves uh, by taking these drugs incorrectly, and it's caused all, all sorts of problems with them, uh, internal bleeding, um, sterilization, uh, and other illnesses, yeah. So I noticed that that was a Trump administration that went directly to the Supreme Court and no other courts involved. Does that happen very often? Does the Supreme Court get involved in stays like that? But there are some emergency cases where they will go directly to the Supreme Court. Uh, Normally, though, the Supreme Court only has appellate jurisdiction. In other words, uh, the district courts all have original jurisdiction to hear cases. So you, the, the only jurisdiction that the Supreme Court has is when it's on appeal to the Supreme Court. We call that appellate okay. uh, jurisdiction. So it's very difficult to get a case right from the very beginning, although there are a couple instances, uh, suits between states and things like that. The Supreme Court has original jurisdiction involving ambassadors and things like that. Supreme Court has original jurisdiction. They usually don't hear it as a trial, you know, they'll uh, hear it in brief or they'll appoint a special master to gather the information so that they can make an, uh, a decision from that. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. All right. Let, let's talk a little bit, and I think you've got some of the stuff there, uh, the story of this uh, Megan Kreft, because we're going to be talking to an ethicist about this uh, after our break. You want to bring people up to date a little bit sure. on uh, Megan Kreft? Sure. I, I heard this story originally over the weekend when I was listening to a podcast of Dr. Doctor, which I think that show is broadcast on EWTN and maybe on this channel, but I listen to it on podcast. Nonetheless, uh, Dr. Doctor is uh, Catholic doctors who talk about issues relating to Catholic doctors or just to medicine in general. And they had an interesting story which caught my attention because on our, our program, oftentimes we'll talk about 
cases where individuals who have their rights need to be protected or they feel like their rights have been violated because they work for a religious institution and they are not living the the values of that religious institution, and they lose their job. Um, So we follow those cases often. Well, this particular case is about a young lady from Portland, Oregon, who went to medical school to because she felt a calling to care for individuals. Um, She her name is Megan Kraft, and she attended Oregon Health and Science University in Portland. Uh, She went to medical medical school. uh, to, to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, while she was there, she encountered procedures such as contraception, sterilization, transgender services, but she had to excuse herself from all of those things. She was able to work with uh, the Title IX office of the institution to have a religious accommodation. Um, and because of that experience in medical school, she ruled out working in the field of primary care or women's health. So it was a tough decision for her, and... Um, she thought those, but she she didn't. Uh, she thought most of the institutions she would have to work for would be accepting of these objectionable procedures with her Catholic faith, like abortion, assisted suicide, those kinds of things. Still, she wanted to do whatever God had her to call with her education. So she came across a physician assistant position with the Providence Medical Group, which was in Portland. Oregon and was affiliated with a Catholic hospital Catholic, right. in Sherwood, Oregon. Uh, the um, let's see, so they offered her the job, and then she was thrilled because at her filling out all of her paperwork, she was required to sign a document which agreed, uh, which made her agree to conform to the institution's Catholic identity and its mission. A forty-two page document. Yes, yeah. and to the U.S. Bishop's ethical and religious directives for Catholic health services. Um, anyway, she couldn't have been happier, but it seemed like a win-win to her. And, uh, on paper, it seemed like just the perfect opportunity. Um, so anyway, she signed the uh, directives and she accepted the position within the first few weeks of work. However, um, she found out that, uh, she, her supervisor asked her, gave her a list of procedures and said, which of these uh, will you be willing to help us take care of? And on that list were things like vastectomies and interuterine devices and emergency contraceptives. It made her very, it made her very um, sad because that wasn't something she thought she would have to do under the ethical religious directives she had signed. So, um, she was also then, within the first few weeks of work, asked to refer a patient for abortion. Well, this and another patient for hormonal contraceptives. And the story goes on, and she objects all the time, and her superiors then eventually uh, let her go. Um, so she did chose not to sue because she wanted to be able to tell her story so that but she they can did help enter others. into some type of settlement arrangement did they not uh yeah and it's not disclosed it, it, the amount so. is not disclosed right right but she can talk she can talk right, about she's not the gag case. Okay. right and she's um she's running the case through um the employment the state employment um yeah I know, equality I, right. department so anyway the reason I find this story so interesting is because it's it's completely opposite of what we're used to talking about here on the show. Well, what we think the situation is out there, that uh, 
you're safe in a Catholic institution, but uh, not in a secular one. And I think we may find out otherwise uh, because we have coming up uh, an ethicist from the uh, National Catholic uh, uh, Bioethics Center, uh, Joseph Zalat. Uh, and we're going to bring him in right after our break here. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, you know, I think what may be happening is some of these facilities are being sold, and they're being sold to more secular organizations that may claim a Catholic identity but uh, might not be living up to the principles. So go ahead. And I'm wondering if there's money behind it. Is there funding, federal funding and grants available if this, the institutions... Uh, agree to do these serv- pr- provide yeah. these services. Well, we'll find that out in just a couple of minutes when we have the doctor with us. Uh, so we're going to take a break right now, and we will be back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be back with Dr. Joseph Zalat, ethicist. Talk to him about this case in a few minutes. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. 
Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be getting sunshine today and our afternoon high pretty mild with upper 70s. Could be a little bit breezy, clear tonight and down to 60. It'll be windy tomorrow, 85 and sunny. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy. Outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. And this is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we are back with Dr. Zof, uh, uh, Joseph Zalat, uh, who is a Ph.D. ethicist with the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Doctor, how are you this morning? I'm doing okay. Just call me Joe. Everyone Joe? else does. So okay, we'll that'll be that. fine. <laughs> I, I had a professor in college that we referred to as Dr. Z, so that, that fits too, I think. That's what my students used to always call me as well. So I'm, I'm, but, but Joe is so much better. Okay, very good, Joe. Thank you very much. And uh, you are located in Philadelphia, is that correct? We are located in Philadelphia. And, and that's uh, where my family is from. So um, say hello to the city for me while you're there. <laughs> All right, we, we've been discussing here, Gina and I have been discussing this Megan Kraft situation. Um, right. Where she was, uh, I guess, terminated uh, with a uh, from a Catholic, apparently a Catholic institution, uh, for uh, trying to follow Catholic uh, ethical requirements in medicine. Um, it, how how often does this happen, Joe? Uh, where somebody is dealing in a Catholic uh, institution? wants to follow the Catholic guidelines for health care, and then is disciplined for it? That, I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly how many times. I mean, I think probably only, only God knows that. Um, we don't hear that too often. I mean, mostly at the NCBC, we hear from people who, they'll, they'll be Catholic um, clinicians working in a secular setting, and there'll be, you know, crises of conscience, and and you know these, um, you know the, the there'll be these issues that come up. Megan is the first person that I personally um, have dealt with um, of a of a Catholic healthcare professional, very faithful uh, person who was actually fired by a Catholic healthcare system. Now I know others have been pressured. We've we've heard, um, you know, anecdotally you hear stories of of physicians in different places, and, and we know that there are issues with a number of Catholic healthcare systems, but Megan is the first time I've personally heard of someone who's been fired from a Catholic healthcare organization for seeking to practice as a Catholic. Now, is there a backstory here that we're not getting? Was this uh, an institution that may have been sold to a more secular organization or something like that? No, not at all. I mean, it's the it's the Sisters of Providence, um, and they have. The, I don't know what their history is, but they are, you know, they're a, a, a women's religious order, and um, they have had hospitals in the Pacific Northwest for a long time. And a few years ago, they merged with St. Joseph Health, which is primarily in California, to make uh, Providence St. Joseph Health. But they are, you know, they're not owned by a secular system. They are a Catholic um, healthcare organization, but they are a Catholic healthcare organization that has um, well that there are things happening in the system that uh, that violate Catholic teaching, and, and Megan got caught up in it. 
Has there been any reaction from the uh, diocese? That I can't say. And, and I, I, I have, I, for purposes of confidentiality, I cannot say. Okay. Um, uh, and we'll leave it at that. All right, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. So is there, um, it, I often wonder if these decisions are made by our religious institutions and medical centers uh, because money's involved. There's a substantial amount of maybe federal funding or state funding when they offer these types of services that are, violate our Catholic morals. It very well could be. And in fact, um, in this case, and, and Megan and I, it, it's interesting because she first contacted us May of 2019. So it's been almost a year and a half now. So I've been kind of walking with her through this entire um, process. And um, in fact, I'm actually going to go out to Portland and meet her and her family next month. But one of the things that in our many conversations Megan told me is that the state of Oregon has what they call um, a, uh, a contraception metric that healthcare institutions are, I guess, expected to follow from the state. So in other words, um, women of childbearing age, um, the, the clinicians are supposed to ask them the question, are you planning to, to become pregnant or have a child within the next year? And if the answer to that question is no, there's an expectation that the clinician will initiate a, a conversation about direct contraception, whatever that may be, hormonal or, or you know, whatever the case, whatever, you know, however it works. And that's one of the metrics that the state of Oregon uses, and that's one of the things that they uh, that they track because you can you can track those things through the electronic medical record. You you know you type in the code, and you know we had this conversation, and 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 so that they can do it. Now Megan told me in the the year that she was working for, or actually it was a little bit less than a year that she was working for Providence Medical, the contraception metric was not one that had a monetary um, reward, I guess, uh, associated with it. Okay. That does happen in other years, but in the year that she was there, uh, it, there was no direct monetary, um, nobody was, was given because of it, but the, the metric was still in place, and she as a clinician was expected uh, by Providence to... Um, well, to to initiate these conversations about direct contraception. Interesting. So, uh, so, so, did she have any other colleagues that might have supported her through this um, episode with her employment, or did she feel like she was the only person who understood the the her Catholic identity? I think she got some support initially from her clinic manager. Um, I don't know if that person was Catholic or not. But um, she is, she's indicated that she did get some initial um, support from that person. However, that person was then uh, promoted to more of a regional position. And when whatever new management uh, came in, they, they were not receptive to that at all. Now, did she have other um, colleagues who, were, uh, who supported her or, or maybe quietly supported her? That I don't know. We've never really had that conversation. She's never said anything, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there weren't any. But she, I can, I can tell you, just from, again, from the many conversations that I've had and many conversations that we've had with other Catholic healthcare uh, professionals around the country, people f- really feel alone. You know, I mean, Megan really, she really stuck her neck out. I mean, she got fired, but she really stuck her neck out to try to uphold uh, her Catholic faith and her conscience and, and practice in, according with, in accord with church teaching. 
and she felt that she that she was on an island. And you know, in fact, she says one of the you know one of the things that we, she was able to do in our conversations was you know just to get that support. And I hear that all the time. Um, you know, healthcare professionals who just they feel like they're the only ones out there. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm in this I'm in this situation. And nobody thinks the same way I do, or nobody else in the country thinks the same way I do. I'm I'm all by myself, and I want to, and I always tell them, and I, you know, for for your listeners here too, if there are any people in that type of situation, you're not alone. You know, you're not on that island. There are many other people out there who who believe the way you do, who feel, you know, who, who are seeking to practice in accord with their faith, and there are organizations out there to support you. I mean, certainly the NCBC, we are one, but also the Catholic Medical Association as well. So. Please don't feel, you know, that you're on an island and, and there is help and there's support out there. Just, you know, just reach out, reach out and contact us. Yeah, and we have a lot of folks that uh, provide legal support, too, like the Thomas mm-hmm. More Society and that. Um, how Absolutely. And Thomas More actually um, represented Megan. Good. Uh, yep. How prevalent is this, not just in Catholic uh, institutions, but in secular hospitals and secular clinics? Again, I can't, you know, speak from any any personal experience. I mean, I'm sure that there are issues out there. But one one of the interesting things that I've heard, and I, I've heard this anecdotally from physicians, particularly Catholic physicians, is that they there are some Catholic physicians who will actually say that their conscience protections are actually better in secular institutions than they are in Catholic institutions, which is, is which is really kind of interesting. We're also aware of there are a number of Catholic hospitals over the years that have been absorbed into secular systems, and we work with hospitals doing that. We work with dioceses in terms of issues of cooperation and everything else. And one of the things that the, the Catholic hospitals do is they will put in the, the actual purchase contract or purchase agreement that the Catholic facility, the Catholic hospital, uh, although part of the secular system is is um, absolutely still able to provide care in accord with church teaching. And I don't know of any secular institution that has ever said, you know, that's a no-go or don't allow that to happen. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm personally aware of, uh, of a hospital in the Midwest that will remain anonymous, but they were um, purchased by a, a, a secular system uh, from the West Coast. And that language, you know, the language of being able to continue providing care in line in line with Catholic teaching that was put in there. And after three or four years, and I, I follow up with them every once in a while, and they say, no, it actually is going pretty well. The, the, you know, the secular bodies just say, okay, yeah, this is what you'll do, this is what you won't do, and, you know, go ahead and do it. And so there almost seems to be more, in some cases, um, more of a of an openness to conscience and religious liberty in secular institutions than there are in Catholic institutions. I, I think there's a, a lawsuit, or there was a lawsuit, uh, I believe it was the University of Maryland. Uh, they had a hospital, a teaching hospital, and they took over a Catholic uh, hospital, or they merged with a Catholic hospital, and there was that agreement in the purchase. Uh, and what happened was the um, somebody who was n- not treated the way they wanted to be treated because of the Catholic mandate, uh, sued the hospital, and the state came back defending the Catholic principles that they had agreed to uphold, which seemed kind of odd to me, but it was fine. But uh, So I guess uh, this gets flipped around a little bit sometimes, and we don't expect to see some of the uh, results that we do. Yeah. 
And here's a, a, just an interesting little highlight. I think we're probably talking about the same hospital down at the University of Maryland, St. Joseph Medical Center. St. Joseph Medical, right. Yep. That hospital, now I don't know if this is the same issue here, but that hospital and three other Catholic hospitals in the country right now are being sued by biological women who uh, went to, I guess, a, a provider or the hospital seeking to get a hysterectomy for so-called um, gender transitioning. And the Catholic hospital said, you know, we don't do that. Um, it's, you know, we don't, we don't provide interventions on, on healthy organs, healthy tissues and organs. That's, that's mutilation. And, and these people are suing. So there's actually four um, outstanding, at least four that I know of, outstanding lawsuits against Catholic hospitals for not, um, for not providing um, hysterectomies. And then there are uh, other lawsuits against Catholic hospitals trying to force them to do certain things um, or lose federal funding. I know the ACLU has been very active in that. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And part of the problem with that, too, is that there are Catholic health, our Catholic hospitals, Catholic health care systems that do provide these things. And so, you know, when they do, it makes it more difficult for, for those who are faithful to, you know, to, to, to actually be faithful in terms of providing care. Yeah, once they've done it once, they've uh, kind of lost their... Uh, argument uh, if it happens again yeah. um, I, I'm curious about the uh, Catholic medical schools um, that feed into the system of um, medical providers for us are they how are they in terms of um, helping their students understand their moral and ethical obligations under Catholic teaching well, again, we're not in the medical school, so I can't speak for, you know, for, for everything that's going on. I, I will say that I know that um, Creighton University in, uh, in Omaha, they have opened a medical school in Phoenix. Now, why that is, I don't know. But um, we have some good contacts with the Diocese of Phoenix, and, and they are involved with it. So they are seeking to make sure uh, as best they can. And, and there doesn't seem to be any problem. Creighton doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem to be an issue at all. But the Diocese of Phoenix is being um, very vigilant. <clears throat> excuse me, is being very vigilant to try to, you know, make sure that um, that the the medical education that students receive at that um, at that medical school in Phoenix is you know is wholly in accord with church teaching. Very good, very good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we uh, have especially pro- since I'm an alumni of Creighton. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Not, not the medical school, not, the, the not, law school. Not, no, the, I didn't go to law school. Oh, that undergraduate, undergraduate. journalism school. Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, if somebody uh, who is listening needs some help, or mm-hmm. knows of someone that needs some help, how do they get a hold of you? Well, the best way to get a hold of us is at our website. It's uh, ncbcenter.org. We have a, a 24-hour consultation line, so uh, if, if you know, people can either write in or they can call, and um, you know, and, and someone will get back to you. And that's how Megan, um, that's how she, the two of us got involved. This, I, I kind of laugh. This is the the longest consult that I've ever done. It's it's now coming up on about 17 months, and it's it's still going. So, uh, but. Yeah, we, we have that consultation service, and it's available to anybody. So it's, it's uh, clinicians if they have questions. Uh, also, people, what we most often get are questions from lay people who are faced with literally a life-or-death decision uh, 
for a loved one, and they don't know what to do in terms of, you know, what does is, what is the church call me to do in such a situation? And so we have many, many conversations with people walking them through that. But, yeah, our consult line is, and it's available to everybody, and it's free. Good. So uh, Wonderful. Good. Well, give Megan our best, and I hope that she finds a place to give care to people because it, from listening to her, her heart is truly in the right place. Yeah, absolutely she is. In fact, I, w- I would love to have her be my... Uh, or my family's, uh, you know, part of her, her, our primary care team. The only problem is, is we can't really. It wouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be really. Well, I, I, it'd be great to do it. I don't think it would be. Uh, that would be a little s- difficult to fly out to, to Portland to have right. your, you know, to have your annual physical. But yeah, move her to uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> what, well, there are things in the works. Oh, very good. <laughs> not, not so much. Not so much. Not to Philadelphia. Not to Philadelphia. Well, but I, um, there are good Catholic. There's there's some very faithful Catholic physicians who hopefully something will work out. Very good. Wonderful. Very good. Well, we wish well, her all her. the luck in the world, and we want to thank you for joining us today and to explain what's going on. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. So, thank you. God bless you and your work, and uh, we'll talk to you some other time. Absolutely. Love to come back. God bless you guys as well. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. That's Dr. Joseph Zalat, who is the ethicist with the National Catholic Bioethics Center. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio on Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. 
Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations, online at skeffingtons.com. Back. You're listening to Faith on Trial now with Catholic Radio. Tina, interesting uh, conversation here with uh, Dr. Zalat. Yes, and I really thought when we discussed this case with him that he would tell us that it's prevalent throughout the Catholic health industry across the United States. But I was very um, happy to hear that it's not necessarily as prevalent as I would have imagined, yeah. that, the, that they are upholding Catholic teaching in the Catholic hospitals. The dioceses are still very involved with the Catholic um, medical providers in their dioceses. Um, and it was nice to know that when these institutions are being transferred from one entity to another, uh, that they've been covering this in part of that uh, right keeping their catholic identity in the the sale of a secular yeah into a because that was my first thought that maybe this is something that got sold and uh, well i i I don't understand it it's sisters of providence i don't know much about them the only thing that can come to mind that that this this would happen is that it's on one of the coasts of the united states which we all know how sometimes well it sounds like there is some state pressure on them to do certain things or to ask certain questions. And that may have been what provoked this. And it, it very easily could have been uh, an, an overreaction by whatever local clinic she was in uh, to a problem. But you would think that uh, taking it up the ladder a little bit, they would have solved that, that problem. Well, and that's why I asked the question about the Catholic medical schools, because it makes me wonder if the, the providers um, go along to get along so that th- they can keep their jobs and they just hold their breath through these things that don't um, that go against their Catholic faith. Um, but it didn't sound like the schools are really the issue. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it happens, but it's sad that it does happen. It's, um, it, and it, it denatures our Catholic identity with other Catholic institutions upholding the moral values. Yeah. Yeah. And what we need to do is, is to keep, keep praying that, yes uh, that prayer this, that rosary that rosary uh, novena that we're doing that f- 54-day rosary novena that we started on the the nativity of our blessed mother september 8th that we're down in like day 31 or something like that now uh, and then we're going to do the rosary rally this weekend on saturday on saturday at your are, church, are you going to be there yes i will Very saint, i'll be at saint augustine at 42nd and grand okay and for some reason, we're not getting our text messages. So uh, if you've been trying to text us about another uh, church that's doing that, we, didn't, we haven't gotten the message. But um, anyway, now Jimmy's going to take a look at the thing just as we're getting ready to go off the air. So uh, Hope to see you all. Uh, yeah, it means I haven't got it. All right, that's fine. <laughs> all right, let's... Uh, did you have something? No, nope, okay. good show. Okay, let's end with our... Uh, Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. 
We are protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, o Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Uh, for Gina and myself, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial. Until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imaging Ingredients.